Welcome to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. Celebrating 50 years with you. Home of the Big Red Chair. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. And welcome back. Good grief. It's a beautiful day. In the, well, oh, eh, go Cardinals. Uh, go Blues. Um, go away, Rain. Uh, anyway, let's do home improvement. This is the Helitech Home Improvement Show. Scott Mosby, two out, well, actually one hour today. We're going to Cardinals here, Cardinal Baseball, in a little bit more than an hour. And we have 10 phone lines open for you. 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900, and toll-free 800-925-1120-925-1120. Scott Mosby in the house at your service 50,000 watts. We're talking about everything around your home. As we get to and through this show, this will be the opportunity for you to pose any questions, answers, favorite products, any practices you're uncertain of. Consider me your research and development or pre-disastered program. I've made every mistake you can imagine, and uh, some of which I've invented. So anyway, if you are a do-it-yourselfer and you're trying to put this project together in your home, your life, or helping somebody else, 314-436-7900 puts us together in the St. Louis Midwest area or anywhere on the globe, 800-925-1120. So, or if you are a new homeowner, many, many, many new homeowners, sometimes first-time home buyers are entering this market and we are in a very superheated real estate market of course so if you're a new home buyer and you're wondering what that building inspection term means i'd be happy to explain that to you or the topics that are in those real estate inspection terms why they're reported in the words that are being chosen or if you're not sure what that stuff means for for example the difference between ground fault and an arc fault, where do they each belong? And they are very specific applications. Can you put one of those devices on an ungrounded electrical? All this stuff is right here for KMOX. Uh, if it's perhaps a wet basement or leaking basement, and eh, we can talk about that. I had some uh, interesting uh, rainfall experiences last night. There was a lot of rain coming. And, I, you know, I like the, uh, the feeling in the spring in the Midwest that, you know, that rain is for the health of the plants and, you know, the farmers. I saw quite a few of the farmers plowing and seeding, fertilizing in the past week. That's a feeling, in a, you know, for a Midwestern kid, that just feels right to me. I know if the farmers are on top of the, you know, the moisture content in the soil, they're plowing up and, and disking and plant all the stuff. You know, or kind of watching the no-till stuff. For all you fa- farmers out there, you guys know a lot of these answers. You can call in and answer these too. 314-436-7900. Now, if you're a longtime homeowner and you're trying to figure out what's the next stage for this home for you, your family, you and your spouse, partner, however that unfolds in your life, what is next? We can talk about that as well because life cycles are both for you as a human and homeowner living somewhere, whether it's a rental, cardboard box, or mansion, we all have life cycles of where we live. The structure we live in, again, cardboard box, modest home, or mansion. 
they have life cycles and how those two coordinate uh, in whether they're at the end of their life, the beginning of their life, and therefore the associated cost with remodeling, changing, correcting, uh, and some of the simple mistakes done by uh, our industry as we have weathered some very rapidly changing technology. I mean, think about this. Um, did you ever think you could control your home from a thing in your pocket, you know, like a Dick Tracy? Yeah, watch. Oh, yeah. Not only do we do it with a phone, we're now doing it with our watch. Or as one of my golf buddies' wives shared with me, she found out she needed a stint from her Apple Watch. Those things are things that are becoming part and parcel of our kitchen appliances, the devices around our home, Wi-Fi, the Internet, the connected world that we're in. So there's so many things we can talk about, all of which I have an interest in. Uh, very few am I expert, but there are a few, I, I promise. Uh, I sound like I know a lot more, but I know a lot about how to do it wrong. So I can explain to you why things work, why they will likely work or not likely work. And I have some direct experience on what is the current proper best technology because in an evolving world of te technology, and I mean just plain lumber. Uh, a few years ago, the, lumber, the Forest Products Association changed how thick lumber was. So for me, you know, as a carpenter of half a century, you know, I'd pull out the lumberman's tables and I'd say, well, okay, a two by 10 uh, spans this far with this kind of a live load or dead, you know, all that stuff. Well, well, lo and behold, all these tools I've been using for decades, they make those boards skinnier and they're not as strong. So the span tables all expire. Really? So... Eh, you know, it just is what it is. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. If you're indoors like I am waiting to watch and listen to the Cardinals here come up and, you know, following the blues as we go through all that, let's do a little home maintenance. So call it in, bring it on. Let's get this thing taken care of. Maybe it's just something as simple as, um, you know, Ridex. Yeah, what is that stuff? And Scott, why in the world are you asking me to put septic tank cleaner down my normal MSD house sewer pipes? 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. I am Scott Mosby. We have one full hour today and a little bit more into hour two as we go up to the uh, St. Louis Baseball Cardinal pregame show. Uh, and that's about 1120-ish, so stay tuned. More things coming on there. I think we're going to sneak this baseball game in. Uh, you know, that's the best information. Brian Kelly promises we may get it in between the raindrops. So 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Um, I'm Scott Mosby. I've been on this show more than two decades, 23, 24 years, something like that. Uh, I really enjoy this, and I just can't help myself. I love to learn. I love to find out what new answers are. I love to see new products, new methods, new technologies, new trade skills, and the various assistances. If you think all that stuff that's on the moon rover and Mars lunar uh, NASA projects, if you think that's staying up there, no, it's not. We have, and the military's big deal on this. You watch robots on TV, all of that. There are exoskeletons for humans that will allow me at my size, 5'8", normal size male, you know, I can pick up half a ton or a ton because I wind up with one of these suits I wear, kind of like Iron Man. 
So hang on to your hat, folks. We're just warming up what technology, building technology, homes, automation, the interconnectedness of it, and all those things. And, oh, by the way, the nasty little secret underneath the rug, every Internet bad guy on the earth wants a piece of you. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, again, that becomes, okay, so now what I'm doing at work at Mosby Building Arts, my day job, all the security we're wrapping into that thing now that's just as important as my refrigerator light-up LED s- screen on the front of the fridge. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. This is Scott Mosby. I am at your service. We're on KMOX, and we'll be right back. This is the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. Celebrating 50 years with you. Home of the Big Red Chair. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right, Home Improvement Hour 1. Pretty much all we're going to get today. So bring it on, bring it quick, and let's get to it. And uh, as uh, one of the business concepts I'm familiar with, a good friend of mine in St. Louis describes as Fail forward. You're not learning anything if you're not moving forward. And if it's perfect, then you're not messing things up fast enough. You're just not learning fast enough. You're not being exposed to what the topics may be. Uh, first up, let's go talk to my friend Al. Hey, Al, good morning. Welcome to Cam Wex. How can I help you, sir? Hey, Scott, is it just me or is this a fact? It just seems like the concrete they use nowadays is just not as good as what it was 30 and 40 years ago. Is it me or is that a fact? Well, uh, what's happening, the concrete is actually superior. It's better concrete. Uh, what's changed is the subgrade compaction. We are doing more. When, when we have original new home construction and we just kind of take the existing, you know, topography and we kind of put a neighborhood in there, we don't really mess up a lot of soil. Nowadays, we're putting two, three, four feet of fill dirt on the front uh, side, you know, front to elevate the driveway and the sidewalk to get proper entrance and egress issues. So, Al, I would uh, hold that my opinion that concrete, you know, the technology, the chemistry of that stuff is way ahead of where we were 40 years ago. But the homework, the same old, same old that, you know, just like a painting job, it'd be like the same thing as, is is painting uh, projects. Why don't they last long? Well, I can tell you that the products, the actual paint products, have never ever been better but the preparation and the multiple chemistry things necessary to prepare that sub base you know scrape paint prime all that stuff uh so i think it's the homework and and frankly if you do concrete right you will be the high price and you know people just don't go for that and yet like anything else if you're going to take a test in school uh, you can get that done very inexpensively. You invest five minutes, you open the book for five minutes, you take the test, you fail. But it's a cheap price. You didn't invest much in it. Or you spend the whole semester doing your homework, turning in your stuff, studying before. That costs a whole lot more, and it's a deep investment. And likewise, as you get into concrete good and bad contractors, oftentimes it just doesn't pay to do it right. You're going to sell less concrete if you charge for the services necessary to prepare that subgrade, put in the right steel, put the grades into it, and then place the concrete with the proper admixtures. And then, of course, the trade finishers, you know, you can get concrete shovelers, but, you know, the magic person that really runs that last tool over the top, that gets an eye on to art. So that's a whole different thing. So you kind of get what you pay for, especially in concrete. 
How- okay. Uh, I just thought with the new homes, you see a lot of hairline cracks in walls, cracks in the floor within a year, and I don't see how or why that should be. Well, the cracks in the floor happen all the time. The real masters will put um, uh, relief or control joints in there where, frankly, you may, if the crack is straight ahead, oftentimes they'll tool in what's called a control joint, Al, where they actually put kind of a seamer thing. They run it right next to a two-by-four, and they'll literally weaken the concrete in a straight line because they know it's going to shrink. They know it's going to move. They know it's going to crack. Well, let's just do it in an attractive way. Uh, so it's kind of like a control joint or expansion joint where you see the asphalt. Oftentimes it's just a non-tooled or just a tooled without any kind of a foreign material in between. And if it's a dead straight crack, then it's intentional. Uh, and, and the one, th- I mean, think about the math on this, Al. And this is true 40 yeah. years ago. So I've got a concrete truck and the concrete truck has, you know, eight tons of gravel, uh, you know, 10 tons of sand, you know, half a ton of cement, and then it's got four or 500 gallons of water. The only thing that goes away is the water. Well, the water has a lot of volume. So when that water leaves by mass and by volume, something has to change. So concrete dries, cures, and cracks, period. You just have to anticipate it and know when and where and how concrete behaves. So uh, concrete really gets close to artwork in my world. And, and frankly, I think painting as well. You know, a quick lick and promise and apply the paint, you can look good for a couple of years, but 10 years down the line, you probably repainted that thing twice. Okay, thank you. You bet, Al. A good, good premise. I, I, I would agree with your premise that are, there is more mediocre concrete out there today than at any other time. I, I wholeheartedly agree with you there, brother. I, I mean, I've just seen a new house with multiple cracks in the floor and in the walls, and I've seen houses that are 30 and 40 years old with no cracks in the walls. Right, right. Well, it's the pace. I mean, uh, you know, it's the pace of production. And if it's a production job and, you know, next Thursday is the day we're pouring concrete, you know, come hell or high water, we're pouring concrete. You know, and I agree. I agree. But the homeowner moves in on time. (laughs) I agree. Thank you. Okay, I'll take care. Good question. Thank you. Home improvement. Scott Mosby came again. I get into um, homework, doing your preparation. Uh, it, it even gets into self-care, medical care. Am I taking care of myself? Am I watching what I eat? Am I exercising, stretching, all those things that help me grow older gracefully or not or not? Same old thing. You know, if I invest and I get her done, um, you know, preparation makes the difference or lack of preparation makes the difference. And frankly, just understand that it is really, really easy to sell cheap anything. Because the price is so low. So, you know, basically any kind of a schooled salesman can get that ink on the line. When you're selling a better product, better services, more, for example, good concrete, holy smokes, why are you twice as much as the other guy? It's like, well, because I'm here for a week, but I only pour concrete on the last day. Well, what are you doing? You guys laying around drinking beer, you know, lounge chairs? What's cooking? I challenge you, you get a good concrete contractor and then the tools, toys, practices, and the way they get at demolition, removing, preparing the subgrade, you know, you'll, you'll get a little impatient, um, you know, because frankly, you know, it looks like much ado about nothing. And frankly, if you're measuring the concrete finish or the finished paint job, same old, same old. A 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Another concrete question looks like Donna. Hey, Donna, good morning. Welcome. How can I help you here on KMOX? 
thank you for taking the call. I've got a uh, concrete driveway, and it's divided into sections. And uh, the gaps that are dividing those sections, it's whatever was in those gaps is eroding away to keep it from eroding more, you know, mm-hmm. some kind of caulking or something. Yes. Uh, what do you recommend that we use on that uh, gap to fill it in? Is it still the same size, Donna, as it was when it was new, more or less? More or less, uh-huh. Yeah, well, in Well, that, I don't know new. I mean, since I, we've lived here, I, I haven't been here since the house was new. We've been here about six, seven years, I guess. Uh, six or seven years is a good time, especially with the freeze-thaw, the rain we're getting and yeah. all that. I think your concrete is pretty stable. Uh, personally, I would caulk that. Uh, I would pull out the old expansion joint, do whatever preparation I needed, uh, clean it very carefully and make sure it's dry. And then I would use a one-part urethane or very high-quality caulk. Uh, You see it if you ever go to a municipal uh, swimming pool, you'll see that uh, gray, rubbery stuff in between the joints. Uh, It's the same product, uh, but it could be uh, professionally it's installed at semi-self-leveling or self-leveling, which is the consistency of water on self-leveling. Semi-self-leveling is kind of like pancake syrup. It's a little thicker. But you need a backer rod, kind of that foam rope, or used to use newspaper years ago. Do not use sand. Uh, Sand does not compact and compress so as those plates get bigger in the summer, smaller in the winter, they'll push each other away because the sand just keeps settling. It pushes against that compacted sand, and that's, that's a not good solution. So uh, when I clean it out, make sure that it's dry, then I put that foam rope down, and then this, this caulking, it's like, yeah. does it matter if I use the semi or the self? It, it, it's a, it is called semi-leveling? Uh, yeah, semi-self-leveling. You can use regular gun caulk, but uh, if you're doing it, I would, you know, the tubes are 10 ounces, what you normally see in a caulking gun size, and then 30 ounces, which used to be a quart, but they're big caulking guns and big tubes, and they, they cost a whole lot less per volume. Um, I see. Okay. That, and then now, how long will... Well, now, wait a minute. The next thing is, when you get that on, when you're finished and you get it just the way you want it, take really dry sand, the same color as, or close as you can get to your concrete. I like kind of the river sand, which is brown in nature, whereas Merrimack sand is orange, if you remember the two different colors. And I okay. sprinkle dry river sand, which is that brown stuff, and it sticks to the caulk, and now that caulk is not gray anymore. It's the color of, or pretty close to the color of the sun, of the concrete. Oh, that's so smart. Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> and, and try it offline. So find a nice little piece of uh, whatever, you know, big piece of cardboard, something you can fold up and dump right in the trash can, because you'll make a mess out of your first two or three tries. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not for the faint of heart. Oh dear! All right. So, are you saying that an amateur shouldn't shouldn't attempt to do this, or do you think? No, just practice makes perfect. Again, do your homework, study. You know, mess up, fail forward, get a few of these things under your belt. You know, like, oh man, that looks terrible. You know, try and caulk a couple of bricks together or something like that. And okay, I'll give it my best shot. Thank you so much for your wisdom. I appreciate it. You bet, Donna. Happy hunting. All right. Bye now. Bye now. Uh, Again, so uh, kind of interesting on concrete this morning because it's a big deal. And we've had a doozy, uh, which is a reference to a car doozing, but we've had a doozy of a winter. This baby was some deep freeze. And uh, uh, did you notice that? Do you remember? No, let's try it. Yeah, you're right. Let's do Cardinals, rain, warming weather. You know, all that kind of thing, hockey season. Uh, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Scott Mosby at your service. More phone calls when we come back after this. 
This is the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. Celebrating 50 years with you. Home of the Big Red Chair. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right, we are indeed talking about concrete here so far. My gosh, first two questions. Let's change gears and go talk to Max with a mini-split question. Hey, Max, good morning. Welcome to KMOX. How can I help you, my friend? Well, hi, Scott. Uh, Last week you were... Uh, talking with a, a caller that had just put it or recommended putting in a mini split system. Yes. And I just wanted to share uh, that I had put in in uh, my shop garage, rather large, and yeah. it's really nice and quiet, and it's Wi-Fi. I can control it, Ooh. and it was a simple installation, and it does well for what I'm needing out here. Oh, man, especially if you don't need ductwork in multiple rooms. Uh, you know, a big open room like a garage is awesome. What do you do out there, yeah. Max? What's your passion that takes you into that garage? <laughs> well, I, mostly my wife gets me out of the house from, is the big goal, but I've got a number of old cars that I work on and tinker with, and I'm getting near the time where it's retirement, and I'm just trying to fix fix the place up that I've been wanting to do for about 30 years. Nice. But uh, also what I wanted to share, though, is what really surprised me with this is that the the cost of these things, there were my uh, bids that I was getting were anywhere from 4000 to 5300 bucks, and I got really discouraged. And then uh, I found a genuine HVAC retailer that had the do-it-yourself kits. And I did that in more or less one weekend. It was high-quality stuff, and I didn't need to, you know, pump the system out and make pipes or anything. And, uh, you know, it was really great. And I was just really kind of asking what would have made the labor so high or at least the whole bid so high in this kind of a situation. And it was simple, one hole through the wall. Well, it's typical business costs when you get the labor involved. There's time for ordering. You know, I mean, think about all the how many hours it took you to find where to get it, to get it, to go through it at this time, take the shipping, receive all that. You know, so there's a lot more going on than just the installation of that unit. Then you've got the labor to put it in. Then you've got the electrical to put it in with the proper disc. You know, there were more pieces than just the few hours it takes to really put in the mini split. I put a few in myself, so I'm familiar, and I've had exactly that same question. Uh, but the, the simplicity of those and the service simplicity, when that thing uh, breaks on you in eight years, you basically open it up, unplug a you know expensive um, electronic uh, you know board, buy a new one for $400, plug it back in, and off and running, there you go. So it's a yeah, pretty simple very, machine. Yeah, very good. Well, I just wanted to share the uh, what I see as the benefits, and then if I was going to add one to a bedroom or something, it was, you know, it's just I have to put a little piece of tape on there to see it if it's actually running with the airflow <laughs> coming out of it. So we, we were into these about 20 years ago, Max, and they were not quiet. They were... They were not. They were early generations for the U.S., and we'd put them into really nice, you know, quiet, comforting, you know, family rooms, TV rooms, offices, like, you know. So I, I commend the industry today. They're much more quiet and high quality. The price has gone up a bit, but I agree. These are really nice units. 
All right. Well, th- thank you for your time here, and I always look forward to Saturday with you. Thanks, Max. Thanks, Max. I'd love to see your cars. Go get them. Wrench them up, buddy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, bye now. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. Max put this in his garage, and as you do something like that, uh, if you've got a ceiling of drywall, I would go ahead and blow insulation up into the ceiling of that garage for limiting the heat and gain, gain and loss throughout the summer and the winter, um, and they are dandy machines for just one room. For example, in my life, uh, we have one room that faces south, gets sun more than any other place in the house, and that one or two rooms gets so warm because of, you know, it facing direct south. And the rest of the house is fine. So rather than try and rebuild all the ductwork, we just added a mini split into that front bedroom. And, you know, everything worked out just fine. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Uh, let's go to my friend Ron, see what's cooking. Hey, Ronaldo, Scott here. How can I help you? Yes, uh, Scott, I've noticed a number of my neighbors out here in the south part of the city uh, have been painting uh, the exterior brick on their home. Mm -hmm. I was always told that uh, that's a a bad choice and that it deteriorates the brick. And we're talking about uh, full masonry walls, 13-inch wire brick and then interior plaster. And I was wondering what your opinion was or what your knowledge was and what type of paint uh, is better than the other latex versus oil-based? Well, number one, um, I'm not a big fan of painting brick. I'm not a big fan of painting wood decks because once you start painting, the next coat has to be painting. The problem is, is the paint fails on treated lumber. Paint fails on the knot holes on cedar uh, and sticks better to the fleshy wood on a deck. Uh, on the brick, there are mortar and then there are brick and then there are negative spaces, positive, you know, a rough surface. And mm-hmm. then you get your pu- full masonry. Well, that's a migration point. That, that brick sweats and perspires just like you and I do, and it tries to get rid of that humidity inside the wall cavity and that's why the you know the brick council of st louis doesn't recommend that because you slow down the moisture migration and tend to trap moisture in it that's not really my big beef my big beef is it's most easy people do it themselves they think it's easy or they might pay because you can very dramatically change the look of brick uh pretty in, in inexpensively by painting it so it's a quick, short fix term to, you know, where you're going, uh, a long maintenance dance without good outcomes. So I'm opposed to painting brick. Uh, if you do paint brick, you better really know what you're talking about because, frankly, the chemistry behind brick and the lime and the mortar and the clay and oil-based paint, you actually will create... Uh, a surfactant, which is basically to say you make detergent out of the liquid oil-based paint. You've got to use latex. <laughs> Literally, you'll get you'll get bubbles. It'll be like scrubbing the wall with um, you know uh, a degreaser uh, detergent. So you have to use a latex. And when you get into the latex, you really have to know what you're doing for bonding. And you know, anyway, I'm just not a big fan of painting yeah. brick and because it's. With, it, with Latex, don't, aren't you actually putting a moisture barrier on the exterior and trapping uh, 
moisture in the brick struck masonry structure uh yes more so with oil base though oil base tends to set up almost like glass whereas the latex tends to be more permeable okay i just because uh, i'd heard the opposite from uh uh, carriage maker out in Montana just recently that he never uses latex on on his wood because he wants it to breathe. Well, I would agree with that. Compared to many, if you get into the stains and the clear coats, and and keep in mind they're not all the same. There are a hundred different clear coats out there. Yeah. You get a carriage maker, that boy's playing with some neat stuff that you and I probably don't even know what it's called. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you. All right, thanks, Ron. Take care. Home Improvement, Scott Mose. We're going to take a short pause and come back for more, I promise, right here on KMOX. This is the Helotech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. Celebrating 50 years with you. Home of the Big Red Chair. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right, blogs this week on the callmosby.com website. Blogs, which is a way to write an article. So if you're looking for a newspaper article in digital form, Porch Perfect, updating your front porch. Kind of a fun walk into uh, what that first porch impression is about, uh, what your goal is, whether it faces north, south, east, west, how that affects the design, windows, valleys, all those sorts of things, changing front doors. That's kind of a neat one. Also, the importance of house wrap. Keep in mind, house wrap is really important stuff because as we get more and more and more into this technology, the, the service that that house wrap does to a wall assembly, as we call it, where you put everything together after it's assembled, it really helps manage the moisture migration in and out of a wall or not. And what the one thing you don't want to have is not. Uh, also, Sherwin-Williams Color of the Year, Urbane Bronze. Urbane Bronze. Yeah, it's kind of a cool color. Very earthy, um, kind of toes-in-the-sand kind of a feel. Anyway, enough of that, but uh, check it out. Call Mosby like telephone, C-A-L-L-M-O-S-B-Y.com. Or for those of you that like long, drawn-out things, MosbyBuildingArts.com. Next up, let's see what's cooking with my buddy Alice. Hey, Alice, Scott Mosby, Home Improvement. How can I help? Hello. Hello, you're on. Okay, this is Alice from South County. Okay. Uh, two questions. Uh, we had a patio put, the whole concrete, the driveway, the walkway, the patio. Uh-huh. Now, how thick does the patio have to be? We want to put a cover over the patio. But how thick does the patio have to be to put a, a wooden cover over it? A totally separate thing. The concrete patio has to have cutouts around it so that the piers and the posts of any kind of a structure is held up independently of that concrete slab. Because a patio, a driveway, a porch, when it freezes last winter, it will raise up as the soil below it freezes and then it goes back down. Well, over 20, 30 years, that'll saw your roof right off the house. So you Dig and pour foot piers or footings that go all the way down 30 inches, two and a half feet below the surface of the soil. And then you put in enough steel and a mounting plate on the top of that to connect your post to. And those stay put because they will not run up and down. They do not heave with the winter freeze because they're two and a half feet in the ground. They stay put. So your roof, your structure, whether aluminum or wood or whatever, stays put and the slab moves up and down, which might affect screens or or window covers or whatever you're trying to do with those. But uh, it's a completely separate structure to where the structure footings are put in and then the 
patio poured later with expansion joints so they move independently. Would you think a contractor would do the tiering and the roof, the wooden roof also? Oh, sure. Oh, okay. Oh, sure. Absolutely. And and this is where a permit matters, because if you get it inspected and you get a building permit, you know, the county, the city, the permit authority knows that and they're not going to let that happen without seeing good, you know, footings and properly dug, carved, cleaned and managed. Okay. Second question. It's a simple one. Our ceiling light in the kitchen, we got a smaller fan light combination there. The light bulbs, of course, burnt out after about two or three years, whatever. Yep. And we, I took it out, and it's like a four-watt. So I went to the grocery store and got the groceries and my light bulbs, uh, a good brand, four-watt. Yep. The tip of them looks different than the one I took out. Yep. Does it matter just to go ahead and put the ones that I bought from the store? If the base fits in there, you can use that. It's more how it plugs in and how it connects, whether it has a flame tip on it or a round you know, bulb. Uh, the shape of it is more whether it has a diffuser, a glass cover, or some side of a globe over it. Um, I, I would assume this is a LED with a 4-watt. So it's more that this thing plugs in, turns on, and operates right. Um, than whether or not it has a point on it or a round face or any even the color of the glass. So it doesn't really matter. It's a nope. four watt. Just put it in the just put it in the light fixture. It's got a globe over it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. you'll know if it either works or it doesn't. And with a four watt bulb, there's not enough heat to burn anything down with anyway. Well, that's a that was the bottom line. Yeah. <laughs> we thought, well, you know, we're nervous Nelly over here. We thought, God, the house catch on fire. You know. Yeah, they have a word for nervous Nelly. Wisdom. <laughs> Wisdom. <laughs> well, thank you, and I like to listen to your program all the time. Thanks, Alice. You too. Bye now. Thanks for being part of it. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. Let's see who else I can sneak in here. Uh, how about Danny on Outdoor Ceiling Fans? Hey, Danny, Scott Mosby here. Can we do this real quick? You bet. Uh, yes, recommendations sir. for Outdoor Ceiling Fans. Uh, recently put on a deck that's about 35 feet uh-huh. long by 15 foot wide and it's covered with a metal roof and mm-hmm. i need to install three ceiling fans is uh there's something you'd recommend i when i go to the store to buy them i want to act like i know what i'm talking about when i walk in there well i'll tell you what uh it's going to be humid wherever you put it in so the, here's the ticket outdoor ceiling fans that are rated for the outdoors will last three times longer than regular ones they cost about three times as much or you get regular outdoor fans, as long as they don't get rain and snow and blowing rain and all that stuff on them, you can afford to replace them a few times. But if you want to do it once, be one and done, you have to get an exterior-rated uh, outdoor fan. But truth be known, you know, and we do this a bit with a, with a disclosure and a signed agreement, like you can do a regular fan as well. They just don't last very long. Okay. That's all I needed to know. I appreciate the advice today. Thanks, Danny. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby. Be right back. 